Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hello, everyone. Hi, friends. Welcome back to Barb Knows Best, the podcast. I am super, super excited to be sitting here chatting with you all with my dear mother, Barb. Hi, mom. Hi, Michelle. Hi, everyone. (laughs) How are you today? I am fantastic because I know we're going to be discussing a topic that is near and dear to your heart. And you spend a lot of time talking about it, writing about it teaching it, workshops about it. And I am very, very excited because it actually changed my life when you introduced it to me. Wow. Yeah. Very excited. funny because I feel like you and I have spent a ton of time together lately. And (laughs) I'm just looking at you across the table and I feel like Groundhog Day or something. Well, we like, it's just, oh, you're back again. Here she is again. Well, we've been the fun never stops with Barb. We've been celebrating birthdays. You had a birthday last week. I have a birthday this week. Yes, all Scorpios. If you ever are curious why we are the way that we are, just know that our entire inner family is Scorpios. So let that sink in. Not just you and me, the men as well. And we've actually received a lot of information, which I love so much from Scorpio Mystique on Instagram. If, if any of you oh, yeah, your favorite. are Our following favorite. her or haven't followed her, it's so fascinating because I've, she's really taught me a lot and it explains so much about our relationship, about Scorpios. Cause I wasn't, although I, you know, I love astrology and all of that. I think it's very cool. I wasn't really in the know about it. And I've little by little learned so much that is absolutely explains our relationship for sure. And then your dad was a Scorpio. Uh, so we are been surrounded by Scorpios and it's, it's fabulous actually, now that you understand. Understanding is the foundation for all, all things. It's understand. It, it also is a good foundation for communication. I, when I can understand something or when I can communicate, you know, it doesn't mean understanding for me, I've kind of reframed that lately. That doesn't mean that I agree, or it doesn't mean that I even truly understand. It just means that you allow the other person to be who they are, knowing that it's not personal, especially if there's any kind of challenges that are going on. So it's really helped me a lot. And this practice that you are going to introduce today has been a game changer for me and my life. Oh, so yeah. Um, As we start to look towards the end of this calendar year. I can't believe we're saying that. I feel like time is going by so fast, but as we know, what is time? What? It's all, all very crazy. Um, and the feelings that arise during the end of the year, looking to a new year in a super reflective space. Um, and just, I don't know, there's something about the end of a year that makes me yearn for 
a feeling and a sense of acceptance and understanding, like you were saying, and just um, like closure and completeness. And I feel like the topic that we're going to talk about today is a great practice and tool to help guide us to those feelings. You know, Michelle, you just used a word acceptance, and I think that might be my word for 2024. If you haven't followed us, this is a big um, practice that Michelle introduced to me a long time ago as well. The idea of, of setting, instead of setting New Year's intentions, or instead of setting New Year's resolutions, actually just have an intention word for the year. And I think acceptance, because it's, you were saying finding closure and finding all this, but acceptance means we probably won't have closure by the end of the year. We probably won't have some of the things that we really deeply desire, but if we can accept where we are in this present moment, then all is well and we'll be open and receptive to what we need to do next, which I love. So I like that word acceptance a lot. And I remember when I was going through a really, really, really difficult time as a young adult, as a young adult, even as I was probably like 18 or 19, my godmother sent me a card and actually inside the card was a little booklet, like a little teeny pamphlet booklet. And I think I still have it. And the title of the booklet was acceptance. And she wrote this really beautiful note to me in there. And she knew, I guess I was really struggling with the acceptance of my dysfunctional traumatic life (laughs) as a child. So it's just a beautiful word. And thank you for bringing it up. And I said all of those other descriptors too, like closure and complete and all of the other things, just because I think those are the feelings that we look for. And I think in this practice that we're going to talk about, it's not that we can actually reach that destination and feel like we're done, but it's to help bring forth those feelings in a sense that, that it gives us acceptance maybe. Yeah. I love that. (laughs) Well, how many times have I said in this last quarter of 2023, we got to get this done before 2024. We got to do this, Michelle, before 2024. You are, Make a list. You I are wanna... a very big person of, especially at the end of the year, you you always, it's almost like Groundhog Day or a broken record. You'd say, I am not bringing this into the yeah. next year. I am not continuing this, whatever, into 2024. This has to be done before the next year. You're very big on when the year is done, the door is closed and you have a, a clean slate. It's so true. And Even it doesn't, always, doesn't happen. always happen. <laughs> it doesn't always happen, but I am, I am super energetic today. I have a lot of energy right now, yeah, which I normally do anyway, but today is really a big energy day for me because I'm thinking about that. My birthday's coming up at the end of this week. And I'm thinking about, you know, as I've been through the divorce this year and just so many things that I'm so grateful that I've weathered through and still weathering through some of it. And the idea that it has to all be done by 2024 is not realistic, but it has energized me that I am like, I'm the boss, I'm the author, I'm the controller of my life. And today I feel so energized about what's to come and, and what, what, not what can be so much, but really what I have never thought of what could be. Hmm. It's really a cool place where I feel today. And I've been feeling like this. optimism. Yeah. Beautiful, Michelle. Yes. So, and what's why this particular episode today is going to be so poignant and so perfect is because this practice that you teach and that you came up with 
is is been a bedrock for me, but it's also been very helpful in these past few weeks. So yeah. All let's, right. let's uncover it. I guess it. we've buried the lead for quite a long time. <laughs> so let's let her rip. Well, because it's a very, I mean, you've all heard of journaling. Wow. It's nothing we, new. We need to work on how you- You said. You you said, let's <laughs> let, let it rip. So I did. So you, you, okay. I'm following the rules. No, I think what I love about it is- So today you, we're talking about journaling. When you Go first ahead. brought this to me a decade or so ago, you said journaling and I thought, okay, yeah, I know what journaling is. I know how to do it. I rarely do it, but okay. But when you walk me through your thought process of it and your practice of it and your experience of it, it opened up a whole new way for me to look at it. And I just want to say to set the groundwork for this, this whole practice and episode, you are very humble, Michelle. And all of the things you're going to share here today are, are out of your own experiences. And you are a genius at being able to word and phrase things that are in a way that is so unique to you, but also have, has opened me up. And I know that it's going to open all of our listeners up to a whole new way of thinking about journaling and why it has been so powerful for you and why I never used to journal in my practice of 38 years, why I now journal and how powerful it's been to me. So I just want to say that you are a genius with this. I love it so much. And so anybody listening that knows about journaling if you could come into this conversation with an open mind, it, it will blow your mind. And I think you will see how amazingly different, but also powerful and resounding that this practice can be. Yes. So <sighs> let it rip, Michelle. Here we go. So given everything that we just said, thinking about the sentiments of this time of year, but if you're listening to this episode at any time of year, any time of year, it works too, because this practice, like you were saying, we both feel is one of the most profound practices that you can incorporate into your lives for so many different reasons. And we have something really fun that we're going to share at the end of this episode, um, because it's, it encapsulates just how much we believe in this practice and how much we value it and how much we, how many benefits in life you can take from this practice. And so I really just wanted to spend this episode opening people up to the practice, um, maybe breaking down some of the barriers and myths around it because I struggled a lot with it early on um, for a lot of different reasons that we'll go into and just sharing ways you can start to incorporate it into your life. I love that you're going to break down the myths too, because I think that's what it was. That's what was helpful for, helpful for me. In my mind, journaling was oh, it's another thing that I put into my day, right. and I don't have time to put it in my day. Right. And the way that your practice is, it's it just flows so nicely with everything that's happening in our lives, everything that's happening in our day, and it's not like you have to carve out this massive amount of time in order to reap the benefits of this practice. And for me, I have a reflection practice at the end of the day before I go to sleep that I've been doing for decades. This works perfectly with my reflection time. So that's what I love so much. It can go be partnered with something that you're already doing. And it's not like I have to carve out a huge amount of time to do this. It truly is a little bit goes a long way in this practice. And, become, and, it, and I think, and I will end so you can start this, but <laughs> one thing that it's done for me as well 
is uh, we're keen on this podcast on awareness. Awareness is key. You've probably heard us say this so many times. It has really opened up my awareness to who I am, where I want to focus my attention, what my intentions will be, and really has helped me discover who I want to be or who I already am and what I don't want, Mm -hmm. what doesn't work, and what has been something that's maybe held me back or kept me stuck or whatever it is. So it's a huge awareness tool. Yeah. And I also think that obviously we've, we've talked a lot about meditation and mindfulness as powerful practices for a lot of different reasons to incorporate into your lives. And I think that journaling is a really beautiful partner to meditation and mindfulness. Like, absolutely. I I think they go hand in hand really nicely and they complement each other. Beautiful. Agreed. So, yeah, let's chat about it. I, I guess to start with my own personal journey with journal, journey with journaling. Um, I think when we're younger or maybe in my generation, but I think in your generation too, I'm not sure if like Gen Z has this at all, but you know, we always think we're always encouraged to keep diaries, you know, dear diary, this is what happened to me today. And I feel like when I was younger, I would buy so many diaries and it would always be my intention to keep a diary and to log my life and to put out how I was feeling or things that happened. And I would do it for maybe like a week and then kind of fall off. So I'm I'm sure in, in some sort of storage place, I have boxes of half used journals or diaries. Um, because for some reason I could never keep that going. Is that something that you can relate to? Yeah. It's so interesting. You brought up diaries that did really brought back a memory for me. I too bought a diary when I was a little girl and I started to write in it. And maybe this is really profound right now, Michelle, because this really opened me up to maybe that's why I didn't take to journaling until you taught me your practice because I did buy a, buy a diary and it was too sad. I would write <laughs> That's down. so sad. Yeah. No. Well, you yeah. Know, no, I know. We all know that my life growing up was pretty traumatic and pretty sad, but I was too sad every day. You know, I would kind of do it at the end of the night or at the end of the day, not the end of the night, end of the day. And it was too sad. And I remember thinking, I don't want to write this anymore. Yeah. I don't want to have these feelings anymore. I don't want to have these thoughts anymore. I, I'm, why am I doing this? I'm, I'm reliving all the sadness, you know, that I think that I felt during the day. But what I want to say about that is with your practice. And when I look back now on my journaling back then, if I'd had some of the tools and obviously I was a little girl, but if I'd had some of the tools, it's the whole point is feeling our feelings and and getting it on paper. So you're going to talk about all that, but I can now see if you have this idea about journaling, that it's just to basically regurgitate or just kind of go through the whole sadness of the whole stuff of the day, it can be off-putting, which it was for me as a little girl. And now I embrace it as a key tool in my practice. I think that's exactly right because I can relate to what you're saying about journaling or writing a diary and feeling like if, if life is not in a happy place, keeping track of that in a, in a diary is sad and it's not a pleasant practice. And I, I think thinking about when I was younger and writing about some of those things, that's probably the same reason why I didn't want to continue doing it. But for whatever reason, I think that, that 
that resonates with you. There is a difference, I think, between diary, keeping a diary and keeping a journal. And I feel like journaling is a bit more intentional and has some more purpose than maybe keeping a diary. And I think that might be the small but powerful difference between the two. Um, you know, where I think a diary is just to log your life, um, which is, which serves a great purpose. I think I, I would love to be able to have diaries of my life where I could go back and say, Oh, on January 5th, 1995, this is what I did. Um, but certainly it seems that there is more intention and thought behind journaling. And I think that might be the difference to why you can keep that practice up. If some, if you're someone who struggles with maintaining it on a regular basis. I love that, Michelle. And I also feel like we talk so much about how important it is to feel our feelings when we're feeling them in the moment. And let's face it, as humans, I know as, uh, before I got into my practice, I didn't think it was okay to even feel my feelings or I didn't want to feel my feelings. And I certainly didn't want to talk about my feelings. There was almost a thing like, you're not allowed to feel that way or don't feel that way. It just wasn't acceptable in my mind. And I think a lot of us can relate to this, to have these feelings or feel our feelings. And we're always judging them or trying to push them away. I don't want these. I don't want to think about these. So as a diary and as a little girl, I was just writing about feelings and I didn't want to feel my feelings. So it was just a a weird situation that wasn't helpful for me as a little girl. As an adult now and in this practice, I am feeling my feelings. I try really, I, I try to be very mindful when I'm feeling something to pause in the day and feel it. So when I journal at night as part of my reflection, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not reliving my feelings anymore because I've felt them. I'm actually looking at the, some of my behaviors, some of my actions, how my thoughts you know, played a role in me taking some actions that maybe I wish I could do better next time. It's, it's like, it's not a, it's not, I'm not so much in my feelings. I'm in a reflection stage of, okay, now what went well, what didn't go well, and what can I do now going forward tomorrow? It's an interesting thing. I don't necessarily feel my feelings anymore when I'm journaling. It truly is, uh, okay, how'd this go today? What's it like being you today, Barb? How'd it go? What actions did you take that went well? What are some that maybe you'd like to course correct? I love it. I love it. Let's take a quick break. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. And we're back. So there's just so many things that I want to say about journaling, but I, in the spirit of being in a reflected period of time and with so much uncertainty around us, I mean, I think I first wrote a blog about, about journaling years ago. And I said, in these difficult times that we find ourselves and I'm like, okay, well, we're still in difficult times, I guess. As we know, life is just difficult and there's always going to be things happening around us that are, um, disturbing and uncertain, I think, which is somewhat comforting, but also somewhat sad. Um, journaling is that practice that comes to mind to help soothe and understand and reflect on 
the things that are happening around us. And I don't know if anyone else can relate to this, but the, the piece of journaling that really um, solidified for me that this was a practice that I needed in my life and that it had a place and it had purpose is thinking about it in this way. Um, I'm someone who is in my head a lot. We've talked about this a lot on the show, how many thoughts we have a day, tens of thousands, how many of them are repetitive, how many of the repetitive are negative. You know, we know this stat and that's true for me. I have a lot of thoughts. I repeat my thoughts and sometimes that feels extremely overwhelming because how can you create the space so that you can use your powerful, amazing brain to think thoughts that are productive and that can do the things that you want to do when you have all of these thoughts running through your mind that you can't seem to really push aside. And one day I kind of had a thought about it in this way of, you know, when you think about you have a to-do list or things that you need to get done, but you don't write them down you know, oh, I have to go pick up the dry cleaning or I need to make sure I call this person or, you know, book this reservation or whatever, but you don't write it down. It kind of sits in the back of your mind. You know, you're going about your day, you're driving and you say to yourself, oh, I can't forget to go to the dry cleaners. I can't forget to do this. I can't forget to do that. And it's like when you have these thoughts sitting in the back of your mind, they're going to keep popping up because they don't have somewhere to go. And, you know, for me personally, when I have a to-do list and I actually take the time to write it down and to put it onto paper and to give it a place to go, I found that my mind doesn't attach to it as easily. It doesn't pop up in inconvenient times or I'm not nagging myself about it because I know that that list has a home and it won't be forgotten. And that was a big eye opener for me because if that's true for things like to-do lists, certainly it can be also true for the things that are going through our minds, that 60,000 that's repetitive and sometimes negative, that too needs a home. Um, And that was a really huge realization for me as far as I don't need to have these things on loop constantly. And the reason that they are on loop is because they have no place to go. You know, they're just in that loop in my brain. And what if I could have a practice that I could take them out of that loop and give them a home on paper so I can see it and I can look at it and say, okay, you're here on this paper. You're safe here. I don't have to worry about forgetting you or, um, that any feelings that I would have about the thought you're here on this paper. So my mind doesn't need to hold on to it anymore. And it was that aspect of it for me that gave me so much respect for the practice, but also optimism and clarity as to why and how I could use it in my life to help me in so many different areas of my life. I love this so much. (laughs) I love this so much. It's genius. I remember the first time you came in and you said, mom, I want to talk about journaling. And 
like not too long into the conversation, you said, we really, you know, all these statistics are very overwhelming because they are just to know and confusing just to know. It was one thing that we know that we think all these thoughts every day, we kind of know it, but then we really know it when studies now have shown that we do think 60,000 or more thoughts a day. And as you said, you know, more than half of them repetitive and more than half of them negative. It's, and then none of them, so many of them are not useful or helpful. And so when you came in that day and you said, mom, our thoughts need a home. You know, mm-hmm. journaling is my practice that give my thoughts a home. It just, I, I mean, I'm, I'm breathless right now just thinking about it because I think it's just so magnificent, so genius. Because what it's done for me is you're right. If we're thinking about it all the time, we're ruminating on it. And half the time we're not even aware. So what this has done for me, the thought of giving my, the idea or the practice, really the practice of giving my thoughts a home, what it has done for me when I write my thoughts down in the journaling. And I love to just journal, just free journal, just free write. Mm -hmm. Because what that's done when I look back at it, as I reflect at the end of the day, I notice, wow, Barb, you are really ruminating about this negative thing about yourself. You know, having gone through this divorce, I've really, it's been tedious to stop and pause and think about some of the negative thoughts that I've had about myself, like what's wrong with me, all the things. So this journaling practice of giving those thoughts a home, not only have given them a place to go, so they don't seem to be on such a loop in my mind, but also it's made me aware when I actually free write it and I see it. Wow, Barb, you are worthy of this life that you're living. Stop beating yourself. Look, you're beating yourself up. What can you do tomorrow now to, to, not ha- to not allow these thoughts to live in your mind? And so journaling is giving that permission for me to give my thoughts a home. And I love your idea that, yes, of course, they have to go somewhere. They're going to live inside of you or they're going to go. And I don't want them on repeat, but I also want to be aware of what can I do to course correct in that way because they're not true. Most of the thoughts that I look at are not true or most of these negative feelings and thoughts that I've been having are not true. Well, and in the same vein too, all of this is true for positive things. How often do we have an idea you know, we're drifting into sleep and we have a brilliant idea of something we want to start or a project or anything and we don't write it down and we have trouble from remembering it or the good, I mean, also writing down the good things about you and the the happy things in your life and the benefits and the positives, those deserve a place too. Um, and I think that that is the beauty of journaling because it can help you to remember the things. So I don't exactly know why, and maybe some sort of brain expert or therapist or scientist can chime in about this, but it it really seems like it's so, so easy for our minds to latch on to negative thoughts and um, thoughts that we don't want to have. It's easy to remember those things. And it's not as easy to remember the positives or the happy. And so just like we need to give our thoughts a home for the negative to release them, I think we need to give our thoughts a home for the positive so that we can remember them. Because for some reason, our minds... it's more slippery. Our minds don't hold on to it as easily. I love that. And I think you're right. There has been research that a negative, that it's almost like an atom, a negative atom splits and then there's two and then it splits again and there's four. It's like a negative, you know, 
just constantly keeps repeating another negative and doubles and triples and quadruples. I don't know why that is. I don't know why our brains are like that, but you're absolutely right. I love what you just said. Can you just, do you, can you remember, can you repeat that? I, I love that, that whole sentence that you just said. So for whatever reason, it seems like our minds have a hard time holding on to the positive thoughts, but an easy time holding on to the negative thoughts. And so for me, journaling is giving the negative thoughts a home so that I can release them. They have somewhere to go and they don't have to be on loop. But journaling is also the place to give the positive thoughts a home so that you can remember them and have them in a home as a place to reference them and keep that in your mental consciousness. I love that so much because I I remember what you said to me early on as you were sharing this practice and actually teaching it to me for sure is you, you said that it's helped you because you're a very creative person. You're a genius writer. You are very, very creative. And I remember you you saying to me, mom, this journaling practice not only soothes my soul because it does, it really helps you. I love that. That it helps you release the negative thoughts because they're being given a home then you can actually see that they're not, they're just, they're, they're not actually true. They're not actually helping you in any way to live your life. But you said it, it's helping you become more creative. It's helping you tap into your intuition more. You're an empath. It's helping you be and uncover who you really are at your core. Because it's, it, it's, you've, you're remembering. I love what you just said. You're remembering all those great things of who you are. Yeah. And that are about you. And so releasing the negative worries and the thoughts, literally, it's like a lotus, like a lotus being blossomed within you. I've, I've watched you all these, all these years and it's so beautiful. It's helped you become creative, helped you tap into your intuition. And I think it, like you're blossoming into the person that you already are. So you're uncovering the true nature of who you are from the inside out. And yeah. for me, that's a, just a phenomenal extraordinary definition of what journaling can do and what I know that it's done for you and for me, but I watch you. Mm -hmm. I just, I can't say it enough. I love it. I do love it. And that's also why it's such a great practice to pair with meditation because there were so many times in my life where I would sit in meditation and so many things would come up, ideas, um, thoughts, things that I wanted to reflect on and having a journal next to me to go into journaling after a meditation helped me to deeper understand some of those things or to remember some of the ideas or to reflect on some of the things that were up for me in my meditation. It's like, I, th- I think that they're great partners in self connection and reflection. Can you walk us through some of your journal, your, like the, the journaling practice, the one, two, three yeah. Because I know you have different, I know you have different journaling notebooks for different ways of journaling. And if you could just walk us through what, because we all know, it, all know that journaling is just, you know, writing in your journal. But can you walk us through each practice that you study? I know you, you have one book you said for free writing. You just want to, you just want to randomly write all your thoughts that are coming to you without thinking about them and without trying to explain them. And then you said you have another journal that when you really want to, give some of your creative thoughts and really explore some of that. So just helping people get a little bit more clear on how to start. Yes. So 
one of my, okay, I have two things to say about that. First, one of my favorite, favorite books that really solidified the practice for me in a deeper way and uncovered more of why this practice is so important is The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. We'll link it in the show notes. Um, Just the way she talked about journaling and connected it with creativity and affirmed that we're all, when I was younger, I always wanted to be creative, but I always thought I wasn't creative. I thought that I didn't have the gene or just didn't have the mind for it. And I felt really frustrated by it. And in The Artist's Way with Julia Cameron, she talks about journaling as a bridge to creativity as something that we all have. We just have to put attention to it and foster it if we've been pushing it away for a while and just connect with ourselves because creativity is is within all of us. So when I was, it's a whole, um, it's a whole not a practice, but it's a workbook that she, that the artist way is. So when I was going through that, when I first read it years ago, it reminded me, oh, I can be creative. I have this within me. I can access parts of me that I thought didn't exist. And it's all through this practice. That's just so easy. That was the thing for me in the artist way. Her, her practice is essentially a, a brain dump practice, which is one of my favorite tools that you were referring to where she just has you in the morning before you do anything else, much like meditation, write in a journal, freestyle, anything that comes into your brain, put it onto the page for two pages. And it was really interesting for me when I started doing that because I found it really hard because she says, don't edit, don't make it make sense. Don't try to be creative in it. Don't try and have, you know, amazing thoughts that you can go back and look at and say, wow, look at how profound I am. It's simply to clean out the brain. And it's a fascinating practice to really let yourself be messy with it and not have purpose in the sense of making it look nice, but just to, you know, if you have a thought saying, I hate this practice, writing down, I hate this practice, or I can't wait to get up because I want to go have breakfast or I want to, you know, whatever it is, writing it down because you're, you're truly being present to every single thought that comes into your mind. And you are giving that thought a place to go so that you can create space for, you know, your day and for what you really want to be focusing on. And when you think about it that way, in regards to creativity or productivity, or even just being present and focused on your life or whatever you have going on on any given day, you get rid of that clutter. That's like, it's like skimming the fat almost, you know, you have that layer on the top that's a little messy and not really purposeful and meaningful, but it just sits there and it's kind of blocking the good stuff below. And that's kind of what I think of those thoughts. You get them, you skim them off the surface so that you can get into the good stuff. And that practice really helped me and is one that I, I use on a regular basis. I agree with you. It is hard. It was really hard. It's still hard for me just to free write because I have this massive control inside of me that wants to make sure the sentences are correct and there's a punctuation and it's capitalized where it's supposed to be. 
And that, and that in itself makes me laugh. It's like, that's an awareness of me. That perfectionistic part of me just can't write a messy sentence. It's still sentence. hard for me. Yeah. It's not easy, but I love what you just said, because you, you had said this, um, once before that giving your thoughts a home like this, and especially, you know, the idea of just free writing all of the thoughts that are coming to you one after the other, after the other, you know, allows you to create because it gives you mental space. You know, it, you, it, clears out your mind. It gives you the clarity. And I love it's like skimming off. And one of the things as you were talking about this, Michelle, it's like meditation. Yeah. You know, meditation is the same way. We're sitting in our meditation and we think that we're going to stop the mind from thinking, but that's not possible. We're not capable of stopping the mind from thinking. If we could, we would. So the mind is just thinking one random thought after the other. And the purpose of meditation is to not pay attention to the one random thought after another. Just let, just, oh, just note it. Oh, And then let it go because if you pay attention to it and start talking to it, it multiplies dramatically. So it's the same as what you're saying, which is why I really love this practice and probably why it's so hard. It's why meditation is not that easy. It's not that easy to just note a thought and let it go and note a thought and let it go and keep your attention on the breath or whatever your particular um, object of meditation is. So I love that. And that was what really appealed to me a lot is the journaling practice that you practice and that you've devised is like, a, is a meditation. It truly is. You become very present in the moment with your thoughts and you're giving them a home and you have to bring yourself back to the moment. Just to, I have to bring myself back to the moment, not to want to fix the sentence. So it really has helped my meditation practice dramatically. Well, because I do find that if you have a meditation practice that you do in the morning, you know, you go into your meditation, come out of it and then go into your journaling practice. Oftentimes in meditation, thoughts come up and as best you can, you try and maintain your focus on the object of your attention. But I get a lot of really good ideas in meditation Mm -hmm. or things that I want to reflect on or, oh, this is something that I need to put focus on. And that's why I like to have journaling after because I can go into that, the journaling practice where I can reflect on the, th- the thoughts that came up in my meditation that I didn't want to engage with then, I can engage with them in journaling. And I can remember some of the ideas that I had in my meditation when I go straight into journaling. And I think that's why those are, they're great um, partners in connection and reflection because I think one feeds really nicely into the other. I love that so much. You know, you said to me also, you're profound. You know that I really, you're such, you're like one of my most favorite teachers of all time, because I think the words that you say are so powerful. I remember you said to me once, journaling meets me where I am, Hmm. which is so, I mean, we, we try to meet ourselves where we are. And we try to let other people be exactly who they are and meet them where they are. Journaling meets me where I am. And I think what, it's, what that says to me is without judgment, without needing to be something, anything other than who you are in this present moment. So you brought up the word messy. So I remember you and I were talking about this a while ago and you said, I can be messy. And that's a word that's hard for me to hmm. adapt to. I can be messy. But then you also said, I can be messy and I'm authentic. And so I love that so cool because the idea of messy and authentic being in the same sentence, being next to each other like that is profound. It is powerful because we are messy people. We are messy, but we want to actually be who we are. 
So I love that so much that you can be messy and authentic. Well, messy is authentic. Yeah, exactly. Beautiful. Messy is authentic. Because we're not perfect. Exactly. And then you go on to talk about, you know, because that messiness and that authenticity guides you to the truth of who you are. And so Mm -hmm. that's why it meets you where you are. Journaling meets me where I am on any given day. It sure does. And let's take another quick break. And we're back. So I know that you also mentioned some other practices that I like to share. And I mentioned some exciting aspects of journaling that I wanted to share. And um, it's true. Uh, I've, we've created a really cool journaling guidebook that we're going to be offering. Can I correct you for a second? You've created I am loving it so much. The Barb Knows practice. Best Universe yes. has created. But this is, you are so humble and so beautiful. This is all you. You have spent an extraordinary amount of time practicing this and experiencing this. And now you've spent an enormous amount of time preparing this whole thing for the universe, for all of our listeners, for everyone. So I just had to say that. Thank you so much. You're um, amazing. So we've created a, a journaling journey. I think is what I like to call it. And it details and outlines all of my favorite journaling practices, like the brain dump that I was talking about, but also some other practices that I love journaling for, for clarity. There have been, I used to say to myself all the time that I just felt like I could never get clear on what I want in my life. And journaling has helped me to cultivate a sense of clarity. Journaling for manifestation you know, getting clear on how I want to feel in my life so that I can know when I'm on the right path. I think sometimes manifestation gets confused by creating external results. But in reality, for me, manifestation is uh, establishing how I want to feel and making sure that I feel that way in all aspects of my life as as my life unfolds. And so journaling is a great practice for getting in touch with how you want to feel and letting yourself feel those feelings right now. Um, And lots of other gratitude, so many practices that I've kind of put together in a little guidebook for you all, because I know that this time of year, but any time of year can be overwhelming. And so we've created a, a journaling practice with a cute little journal and lots of other fun stuff that's going to be available on November 23rd. So tis the season to be reflective And I'm super excited about that. I love it. I'm super, super excited about it. It is the season to be reflective. And for me, reflection also brings me to a place of gratitude. So it's very, it's very timely for the end of the year to, to feel the reflection, to feel the, the, all the feelings, but also to feel, to guide our minds. I'm kind of thinking of this as I'm saying it, to guide our minds to a place where yes, it's been hard. It's been one of the most difficult years of my life. But here I am as I've moved through and come out the other side, I have an immense amount of gratitude too. Mm-hmm. So I want to be able to own that gratitude and not only reflect on, oh my gosh, look at how hard everything was, but also now I can start to see what are some of the things that are blessings. You know, you talk a lot, Michelle, about silver linings and the blessings and the, and the blessings and the messiness is kind of what I've been reflecting on. Like it's, 
it's been very messy for me this year and last year and the year before. It's, but it's, I can start, I really can see some of the blessings in the messiness, which is the authenticity I think that you're talking about, that I know that you're talking about, which is what journaling has done. It really helps you reflect that, yes, it's been messy. Yes, it's been hard. Yes, it's been all of those things. All of that is true, but also the gratefulness and the beauty that I see my life becoming more of is also true. So they can exist in this moment at the same time. Like they can, they can exist as I close out this year at the same time. And I love that idea of reflecting not so much on making it a closed, closed book like I usually do, or like, you know, they can't take this into 2024. But more so as I journal more, I'm thinking I can take all of this into 2024. It's where I want to place my intention and my attention. Exactly. I love that. And journaling helps you to connect with yourself in a way that you can understand where you are. Like you said, meeting you where you are. For me, for so long in my life, I had no idea where I was because I was so disconnected from myself. I didn't know who I was and what I wanted and what mattered to me and what I valued and what direction I wanted to go in. And journaling too helped with that practice of connection because when you think about it, and this is also why I really prefer, I mean, you can journal on a computer if it's all you have, you know, sometimes I do it when I'm, I don't know, all I have is my computer and I just need to get thoughts, give my thoughts a home. But specifically, I think it's particularly powerful when you think about it to be sitting with yourself with a pen in your hand and having a piece of paper or journal in front of you and having the thoughts come out of your mind and onto, onto the paper. For me, it's just like, it's so personal and vulnerable and powerful to be so present with yourself and your thoughts and your feelings and your emotions that you can document them in that way. And I think that there's no better practice to get to know yourself than to do that because you're just with you. You're not with anybody else. You're not with anybody else's thoughts. And when you can start to, even when, and I say all this, like it's powerful and amazing and it is, but it also is super uncomfortable. And so if you can sit with yourself in the uncomfortable and maintain that practice of doing it and just witnessing and not judging and just allowing it to happen. Um, it really is one of the most powerful ways to get your, to get to know yourself on a deeper level. You can see how your mind thinks. You can see where your mind, like where your mind goes when you're faced with a certain challenge or an uncomfortable moment. You can see where your mind goes when you're in a creative space. You can see how you, react in certain situations. Like you can start to pick up on patterns and habits of your mind. And like we, I think you said at the very beginning of this episode, the concept of awareness, you can have that awareness of how you function in life. And I think it's so easy to live life without having this awareness, without journaling, without taking inventory of what happens inside of you, but I think it's so much powerful and connected when you do. Beautifully said, beautifully said. I think 
for me, you just used the word vulnerability, being vulnerable. And that's been a very, very hard thing for me for the past 60 some years. It's not easy. It has never been easy for me to be vulnerable, all the trauma and all the dysfunction that my childhood had, I think, closed my heart off, closed my ability to be able to open myself up in a very free way. And meditation, mindfulness, all of my practices, being in recovery from bulimia, all those things have really helped me tremendously. And the journaling practice has been such a great addition to all of my practices because that is one place where it has opened me up in my vulnerability. And I think it's what you just said, Michelle, that you can be vulnerable, you can be honest, you can be authentic because no one else is going to read this. Right. This is you with you. And so for me, as I looked at this and really got it that I'm just being me and where in the world can we be ourselves, but with ourselves and in this practice, it's kind of a blessing, really. It's, a, it's an unbelievable feeling. It's hard in the beginning because you're right. You're starting to write things, but it's also a freeing. I felt a tremendous amount of freedom. This is like, like my meditation practice of sitting, my meditation practice of walking meditation. This is my journaling practice of meditation where I can just actually be with my thoughts, be with me. And it has been a tremendous uh, blessing for learning to open my heart more being more vulnerable and all of this without judgment. That is the key. Yeah. Because we are so judgmental of ourselves. But when little by little you start to realize this is just me with me and no one else is going to see this. No one else is going to read this. And I really want to know who I am. I mean, those are the questions of life. Who am I? What do I want? What kind of impact do I want to make? So it's, it's a very powerful addition to any other practice that any of you may have And it certainly has opened my heart up to be a more vulnerable, more compassionate for myself, for sure. And I mean, there's so many different ways that it's powerful. And I mean, we could be talking about it all day because there's just, there's a ton. And I do go into it more in the workbook that we've created, but I'm not saying that to to sell it, but there's just tons. But lately for me too, one of, the ways that it's been super powerful and meaningful for me is helping me to create space in some of the challenges that I've been experiencing in my personal life. And I know we talk a lot about finding the space, you know, the Viktor Frankl quote between stimulus and responsors of space and how meaningful that practice has been for me to not knee jerk react to something or send the text when I'm in the heat of the moment that I'll regret later or to say something or to do something that's going to make a situation worse. Um, Because I've been in a season of that where I want, I've been restraining myself from saying things because I know that I need to for a lot of different reasons. But if I didn't have that space between the stimulants and the response, I would be, you know, going off the walls with what I wanted to say and not being able to necessarily voice those feelings in the moment and being really angry about a lot of things, being really frustrated about a lot of things, being really disappointed in a lot of people and feeling all of those feelings that are really uncomfortable like that all has, that all has to go somewhere. 
And journaling in these instances has been really help, helpful for me because in journaling, I can say every single thing that I want to say to people that have disappointed me this year and let them know how angry I am about things and let them know what I really think about X, Y, and Z. And there's no repercussions because I'm not actually saying it. I'm just letting it out and letting my thoughts and my feelings and emotions be heard, but in a safe way. And if you're someone who's dealing with difficulty in life and work and relationships with the world, like, but you can't necessarily say it out loud, saying things in your journal is like the next best thing, because then it also helps you to get clear on, okay, now that I got like skimmed the fat of anger and like kind of irrational rage about stuff, skim that fat off okay, what would I actually want to say? When I do decide maybe I'm going to say something, what is it going to be? And I think in any situation, maybe that you have uncertainty or doubt or you're confused, but you have a lot of feelings about it, journaling is the great, great practice to put it all out there and really let it work itself out on the page and not rushing it because it's sometimes it's a long time. I mean, I've been angry and annoyed and frustrated about stuff for like a year and pretty (laughs) silent about it in my life and my personal life. Um, But it's because I've been with myself figuring out what I actually want to say. And I think that's that. I mean, some, I love instant gratification more than any, I, I am a Scorpio. Like we started this conversation with, and so there is no better feeling than saying the snarkiest, bitingest text to someone that deserves it ever. Um, so I'm super, <laughs> there's nothing I'd love more than to do that. But I also know that there's even more power in the slow burn of processing, clearing the fat understanding and being super clear and intentional with my words and my actions in situations that are super tense and difficult. And I just want to remind everyone listening and I want to just lay the groundwork. No, I just want to lay the groundwork. You know, we've, we've, we've covered this in certain ways the past year, but I just want everyone to know as a result of this divorce, we lost a whole set of family. 33 years married, we lost a whole set of families. So Michelle, you, it has been very, very hard. And when I think about your practice and all of the things that are a part of your practice, and I listen to you talk right now, you, it's, it is extraordinary what you've been through in this past year, maybe 18 months even, where you are today. And I, yes, we are Scorpios. We love to just, uh, 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 definitely, but I, I, I just want you to know how proud I am of you, how much I love you and how unbelievable this has been this year and what you've had to endure as a result of 33 years. You're 38. Thank you. Your whole life. Yeah. Half of your family is gone. Okay. As a re- no, it's so true. And I just, I just want to make sure that that it it's it's the it's the groundwork set for this because it we can we can we can do hard things and we can come out the other side as you just said stronger more knowing more aware 
of where we want to go and what we want to do. We can weather any storm. What does Maya Angelou say? Every storm runs out of rain. And so you have been the most extraordinary example of that this year. And maybe 2024, we start digging into some of those things that have occurred over the past 18 months or two years, just as helpful experiences that we've been through. I know there are going to be some things that I want to share, but I just want to say that, that this has not been easy at all. It's been very traumatic. (laughs) Yeah. And I, I will say on that note, and we can wrap up and chat more about this in another episode too. This is not about to do with, with journaling, but I guess it is in a sense, but in that same vein of going through difficulty with relationships and family and disappointment, there is a a part of us that wants people to always know like your side of the story um, and to be right in a sense. And I think that's the knee jerk reaction that often happens within me where I want to fight back or say something to, to let people know, um, the truth. And what I've also learned in this season of chaos in this situation with our family is like, and I learned this from my therapist, my parent, my therapist has said this for forever, but there is nothing more powerful than silence. And if you don't know what to say, don't say anything until you know, And it's what I've learned in this situation is like, let people be wrong about you because you like, you have the power to write your own narrative. And I don't, I don't have to convince people if they don't want to be convinced. Well, I'm going to tease up a next episode one day in 2024. Oh, goody. What one of the things that happened this past week and a half is it has been a very traumatic 18 months. So imagine getting a message that says, when are we going to, when are you going to get over the silliness? <laughs> and so it's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> so I think I just want to, I want to echo what Michelle is saying. It, it is so powerful not to say anything. I mean, what do you say to something like that? When are we going to get over the silliness? So it's very powerful. And I just want to acknowledge how extraordinarily proud of you I am and and your life is unfolding in such a beautiful, strong way. And we all can live our lives in a beautiful, strong way. So I just want to close with just, I want to repeat one of the the two sentences that really have been, and I'm looking at parts of my journal right now that really have helped me. I like to write things at the top of the page and then I sometimes we'll then free write with what I That's have actually at the top in the of the journaling page. journey that we created. Yeah, I got it from you. So I just want, these are the words that I have at the top of one of my pages from Michelle. Journaling meets me where I am, allows me to be messy and authentic and guides me to the truth whenever, it, wherever it may be hidden in any given day. It's the greatest practice to encapsulate who I am in this moment and to propel me to become who I wish to be. Hmm. I love it. Thanks for bringing us back to journaling, the whole point of this episode. <laughs> well, because I think it goes hand in hand. Journaling, no, journaling has been a, a, a savior for me in these past couple of years. So, yes. You know, and I it's love it. It's a the, great life raft. Yeah. In the stormy waves of, of life. life. All right. Well, we did it. 
And then you always, did you close out the journaling practice in the, in the um, notebooks? I love when you always end something when you're talking about journaling and you say, I'm sending you all lots of love in your own journey to self-discovery. Oh. Because that's what journaling really is. It's a journey. You talk about it being a journey. It's your own journey to self-discovery. Yes. So Michelle and I are sending you all lots of love in your own journey to self-discovery. I love you, sweetie. Love you. Thank you for indulging me in a whole episode about journaling. <laughs> indulging you. It, it was my honor to. I mean, gosh, this is powerful. Yeah, we could obviously really talk powerful. about it a lot more and maybe we will. Um, but I hope that this episode has given you a little bit of insight and maybe reasonings as to the practice and the power of, of journaling. And just know that whatever practice that you engage with that helps you to connect with yourself is always worthwhile and you're not doing it wrong. I wanted to add that I think for a long time, like with meditation, with mindfulness, with, with journaling too, it's like, oh my gosh, am I doing this right? And you can't do it wrong. If you're intending to sit with yourself and be with yourself and connect with yourself and any practice, meditation, mindfulness, yoga, whatever it might be, you're not going to do it wrong. So just know that, that that's truth and that whatever you do for yourself, you're doing it right. And if it's journaling, I'm so excited for you. Um, but thank you for listening and thank you mom for sharing. And again, yeah, we're, we're coming out with on November 23rd, a little journaling journey with a really cute little journal. There might be a Charlotte cameo in the journal. Um, lots of fun stuff. So stay tuned for that. There'll be a link in the show notes. If you're interested in that, it's our little offering for the holidays to help. Well, it's, it's my intention to help anyone get through the rest of this year, um, to connect with themselves, to give gifts for their loved ones. I don't know. It's what, what I want to offer you all at this time of the year. So stay tuned for that. Thank you so much for listening. If you are liking the show, make sure you're liked and subscribed to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple, Google, Spotify, and please, please, please give us a five-star rating on iTunes and Spotify. That is super helpful. And give us a review on iTunes. That is also super helpful and we really appreciate it. If you want to send us topic requests that you want to hear us talk about, make sure you're connected to us on social media at Peaceful Barb, at Michelle Maros, at Barb Knows Best Pod. That's the, always the best way to do so. Thank you so much again for listening. Thank you, mom. And we will chat with you next week because as we know, Barb knows best. Bye. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.